This is a free download from the BBC. For more information, go to bbc.co.uk slash podcasts. Hello, dear listener. This is Ian Lee from BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of my podcast. It comes out every week and it's the best bits of this week's show. Coming up in this episode... You're talking a load of nonsense as you usually do. And even a bit of this... Oh, no! Paul! Across beds, hearts and bucks... This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Get ready for the most boring two weeks of the year! Wimbledon starting! Oh, no, it's so... Dun, 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 dun. Oh no, that's the cricket. What's the Wimbledon? The Wimbledon's got a theme tune, isn't it? It's got a, there's a Wimbledon song, isn't there? Dun, 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 dun. No, that's tennis. That's the cricket again. I can't think of what the, the tennis song is. Tennis has got a song. It's so boring. Basically, for two weeks, I won't know what channel Neighbours is on. It's, it just completely screws up. Uh, with my television viewing. It's dull. It's tedious. It's elitist. Tennis is just for toffs. Even um, Andy Murray's mum agrees. In The Observer yesterday, Judy Murray, shortage of free courts will keep tennis elitist. Elitist. Tennis is just for toffs, isn't it? Isn't it, Stephen in Shambrook? No, it's not. Come on. If it was for toffs, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of toffs around, because that is absolutely heaving come those two weeks. Well, there are a lot of toffs, but, but, but Wimbledon, what they do is they make you think, you, the common man, and me, Stephen, we are common men, Wimbledon makes us think that we are welcome into their elite um, the, the toffish club. We're not really, they just want our money. How have you know? I've served at Wimbledon. Would you want a tennis ball? No, with milk and cream. There you go, you yeah. see. That's not proper serving. You you served milk at tennis at uh, Wimbledon. Yes, yes. Three three years I did that on the trot um, for two weeks. Best two weeks of of my working life that was those for those three years. That was great fun. What do you mean? You, what do you mean you were serving milk? Well, we well we had the contract to serve them. We used to go in there before all us um, all the toffs and us lower class people got in. Yes. And go around all the restaurants and serve them with all their milk and their cream and their yogurts, their juice, their oh, waters, so, their, all sorts. Okay, okay. So you're a milkman. I am. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's good. Um, but 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 you are a pleb, Stephen. I'm a pleb. We are plebs. We are not welcome in their in their elite club, in their posh club. Apart from look, they've got you as a pleb serving milk to the lords and ladies. Yeah, but I had fun doing it as well, so that was all right. Hey, listen, I've just, we've just, I've just been given the, the the tennis theme. Do you know what the theme is to tennis? Yeah, I, I can't think it just like you. Yeah, go on. Hang on. Sing it to me. Well, I, every time I go to sing it, it comes out... Dun, 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 and that's cricket, isn't it? Is it? Uh, isn't it? No, I don't know if you say so. I've just remembered it! Bound, bound, ba bound, 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 ba bound, 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 ba bound, bound. There we go. There we go. Bound, bound, ba bound, bound, ba 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 bound, bound, ba. Come on, Stephen. Sing tennis. Bound, bound, ba bound, bound. Here we go. And the verse. Ba ba bound tennis. It's for tops. It's for lords. Not welcome cause we're common. It is just for tops. You see? It's 
just yeah. even the lyrics to the theme tune tell us we're not welcome in their elite club, Stephen. It's, it's a it's an unbelievable place. I know before I went there to work for the two weeks. I mean, I've heard of Wimbledon. You think that's okay? You go in there and it is giant, massive, huge. It is huge. I, I went there years ago, and they they they, they cram so many tiny little courts into that into yeah. that space, don't they? They do. They've banned people as well from camping outside. Have they? Yeah, they've banned them. There was a thing that they banned people from camping outside. Health and safety. Oh, health and safety. You can't camp outside Wimbledon. <laughs> How stupid. People have done it for years and years and years. Yes, I know. But Stephen, lovely to talk to you. Stephen Sharbert there, who, uh, he, he, he's bought into the myth that tennis is not just for toffs. Of course it is. Even the lyrics to the tennis theme tune tell us it is. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Caravans are an absolute nightmare. I hate them. I think anybody that owns them should be sent to the Isle of Wight to live in a tent for the rest of their lives. Well, we got talking about caravans on the show, and I got the excellently named Nikki Nickel from the Caravan Club to come on. I was more interested in her name than what she actually had to say. Nikki Nickel. Good morning. Oh, we don't want caravans on driveways. They look awful, don't they? Oh, it's just because everybody gets so jealous of caravanners because they know they can go away and have a holiday every Friday. That's yeah, all it is. They, they go and have a holiday in a caravan. Fantastic. But the thing is, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to the actual holiday aspect in a second, but mm-hmm. you, would, you can't honestly say that people enjoy seeing their neighbours' caravans stuck on their driveways, blocking out light, getting dirty, propped up by bricks. They look filthy. They look common. It's awful, isn't it? <laughs> You've painted a lovely but sadly very inaccurate picture. Correct, correct me, Nikki Nickel. <laughs> correct me. No, they're not propped up on bricks. And caravanners, I mean, we love cleaning our caravans. That's one of our happiest pastimes. They're always lovely and gleaming. And yes, no, we don't keep them on bricks. Are you telling me, Nikki Nickel? I do like saying your name. Sorry, Lou. <laughs> I you? do, Nikki Nickel. <laughs> are you telling me, Nikki Nickel, that, that there are people out there who who don't, who always clean their caravans? And that, 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 that some people. Do, I've seen filthy caravans on driveways that haven't been touched in years. Oh, it's a generalisation, but on the whole, they are kept very sparkly and shiny. It's just like some people you'll see with a, a shiny van and, and some of them, they're, they're not so shiny. The, 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 the reason we're talking about this is there is a story in one of the local papers that, yeah. that a councillor possibly has um, a caravan that's jutting out into the pavement. Now, if that's true, that's inappropriate, isn't it? Is it a mobile home or is it a touring caravan? Is there a difference? Oh, there's a huge difference. Wow. What, what's yeah. the difference? Well, a, a mobile home, a static. Right. Um, yes, yeah, some people sometimes use them in the grounds if they're having work done on their home or extensions built. Touring caravans, which is what the caravan club's all about, it's the ones yeah. that you hitch up to your car and tow away and go and explore the country. The thing I don't get about those uh, caravans, Nikki Nicole. I'm sorry. I don't, do you, do you, do you realise that your name is fun to say? Do you say it yourself? Um, I do actually, and I think I, I did very well by choosing um, a lovely man with the surname of Nicole, so that I could be Nikki Nicole. Yeah. You don't, it took you years to find him, but boy, you did, and well done you. But Nikki Nicole, you, you, what is the point of towing a caravan? Because if you want, the, you know, the, to, to be completely uncomfortable, there are caravan parks where they have caravans already. You don't need to endanger people on the motorway, do you? Oh, Ian, when was the last time you were in a caravan? Um, I can tell you exactly when it was. Uh, it would have been 1982. Ah, uh, yes, that was a little while ago now, and things have moved on. They are 
so luxurious. I mean, the, the shower in our caravan is actually more powerful than the one that we've got at home. Showers they, in caravans? When did this happen? And electricity and everything. What? I mean, who would believe it? They're so comfortable and luxurious these days. So I would urge you to go and have a look at the modern caravan. <laughs> How many times have you um, nipped out of your caravan to have a wee, possibly using a she-wee, and you've bashed your shins on the tow bar? Never, because I use the on-board facilities. <laughs> There's a toilet on a caravan now. You really need to come and have a look at a new caravan here. <laughs> this is inc- this is insane. I genuinely, I'm I'm staggered they by all of this. Everything, fixed beds, um, full-size fridge freezers, huh? four-ring cookers, ovens. People go away at Christmas and cook their turkeys in them. Lovely bathrooms. Oh, all no. the facilities. If you haven't been people... in there, but like. 300 years, you need to go and see a modern one. I feel so sorry for the sad people that go and have Christmas dinner in a caravan. It's fantastic. It's a very, very sociable time. Nicky Nickel, who changes the, and empties the toilet on your caravan? It's me. Yeah, you go, you see. Now, there's no glamour there, is there? <laughs> but, it, you know, it has to be done. Well, exactly. Ha- Whereas if I go and stay, even if I go and stay in a, in a three-star three hotel, which is the minimum I would stay in, <laughs> I don't need to empty the toilets. It does it itself. I know, but also, you're stuck there. You can't change if the if the weather's not good. You can't just hitch up your three star accommodation and tow it somewhere else with a caravan. You can go and explore. You can stay in places that you could not stay anywhere yeah, else caravan unless parks. you had a caravan. Caravan like, parks in Longleat. You can go to sleep. <laughs> yes, at the caravan site. <laughs> At Longleat and go to sleep hearing the lions roar. Now, you couldn't do that in a hotel, could you, Well, you, well possibly not, with, <laughs> with good reason. So, Nicky Nicola, I'm guessing you disagree with me today when I say that we should ban caravans. Yes. Well, so far you want to ban caravans and Wimbledon. What else is on your hit list? Oh, today? don't worry. There's a, I've got a long <laughs> list. I'm a very grumpy man. Nicky Nicola, you've been a good sport. Thanks for coming on this morning. Thanks, Nice you. to talk to you. It's Nicky Nicola from the Caravan Club. Well, I want to hear from you, dear listener. Can you try and sell caravans? Wasn't she nice? Can you try and sell caravans to me? Not literally. I'm not, not, not in the market for buying one. But do, do you use one? I am surprised. Six beds. That was the fun, wasn't it, in the 80s, of going on a caravan, is finding where the bed... Well, it said there's four beds in here. Where's the bed? Oh, I think there's one under the dining table. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll be back with more at seven o'clock. She's a part-time lady. <laughs> she comes in when she wants to. Hey, I fancy taking three days off, so that's exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm Catherine Boyle, part-time lady. She's a part-time let You interrupt any time you want. She's a part-time let. You're not gonna interrupt, are you? No, you can finish the chorus, repeat to fate. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Another part-timer. He takes two weeks off. You forget all studio etiquette. Paul Scorings, when the red light is on... Shepherd's Delight. Red light off. Let's have a fight. Uh, This is Ian Lee, (laughs) BBC... Three Counties... I'm getting a rabbit today, that's why I'm so excited. You're getting a rabbit? Yes, Ollie the Cleaner's bringing me her rabbit. (laughs) Steady... I'll play the song. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Caravans. Hideous, awful, disgusting things. It's 2013. You can get reasonably priced hotels now. You haven't got to tow your hotel on the back of your car. They look awful parked up on people's driveways. 
They look awful and are dangerous driving along the motorways. If you really want to stay in a caravan, well, caravan parks, guess what? They have caravans. Dave's in Marsh Farm. Morning, Dave. Hello. I'm talking sense, aren't I? You're talking a load of nonsense. Sorry? You're talking a load of nonsense that you usually do. What do you mean by that, Dave? Caravans are awful. Everyone knows that. I've got a caravan. I've had a caravan since the mid-80s. And we use it near enough every weekend this time of the year, going out collecting money for a deaf children's charity. And it's perfectly clean, as I sent a picture so you can see what it looks like. I've, I've got a picture. I noticed that some of it is covered in a black bin liner. That is a tow bar, so it don't get gr- grease on your trousers when you walk by it. OK. And, and you think it's acceptable to have um, something covered in a black bin liner on your driveway? It's not on my driveway. It's in my back garden. No-one can, no can get to it. No-one can see it. OK. And how do you get it out of your back garden? Under a big gate. I converted the fence to a double gate. Well, look at you. You're, you're, you're living the dream. But, Dave, what, what's the benefit of having a caravan? Well, we go out to these steam rallies and things with our fair organ, and there we, we stay, we put a gazebo up with oh. the organ in it, and we stay overnight. Oh, dear. Why what don't do you mean, oh, dear? Sorry? What do you mean, oh, dear? They're uncomfortable things, aren't they, They're Dave? They're uncomfortable. It's, it's got warm air heating in it, it's, oh. got, it's, got, it's got a shower in it, it's got a lovely stereo, everything what? in it, and we've been, we've been away some Christmases in it. Oh, no, Dave, that is sad. We've cooked, it's got a full oven and a cooker in there, we've cooked a full Christmas dinner in oh, there. Oh, gosh, Dave, I feel sorry for you. Well, I don't feel sorry for you staying in hotels in a second-hand bed. How do you know what's been done in these second-hand beds? Your germs you're going to catch from hotel beds. I know someone who works in a hotel, and she told me what, what, what they used to see and what happened on, on beds, and you go and sleep in them. No, thank you. I'm tempted to ask, but I, I, I won't. I, I can say, in my 40 years of living, um, and boy, what a 40 years it's been, I don't think I've ever caught anything from a hotel bed, but I do know that I've had horrible nights um, in caravans. Well, we sleep better in our van than we do at home. Well, maybe you should spend some money on a decent bed. We've got a decent bed, thank you very much. Do you not think, Dave? Though seriously, do you not do you not think it's? You sound like a sensible guy. Do you not think it's a little bit pathetic spending Christmas in a caravan when you should no, be? It was, ab- it was absolutely gorgeous. We, we had decoration with a little tree up. The, both our dogs we had at the time. Oh it. no, you didn't have dogs in a caravan. That is disgusting. That is disgusting. You talk to me oh. about dirty hotel beds. You've got two dogs stuck up in a caravan with you. That's horrible. Not at all. Imagine when they come in, the filth and muck they'll bring in, Dave. I don't think so. I think no. so. No. Yes. They don't smell in there. It's really nice. You would say you would say they don't smell, but you but that's because you can't tell. You're immune to the stinky dogs in your dirty caravan. It's not a dirty caravan, thank you very much. It's much very, very clean than your pants are. The way you tell us you don't wash. Dave, nice talking to you this morning. Thank you. Ta-ta. David Marshall. His caravan is cleaner than my pants. He may have a point today, actually. He may have a point today. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yesterday, I was watching a nature programme um, about, about flamingos. Who knows why flamingos are pink? Anyone? It's because they eat prawns. It's because they eat prawns and shrimps. Um, and uh, we're watching flamingos, me and my boy and my wife, and a baboon appeared. And I said to my wife, are you sure, you sure you want the three-year-old to watch this? She said, why? There's a baboon has appeared, and there are thousands of flamingos. I know how this is going to end. No, 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 it'll be fine. He's three and a half. He needs to learn about this stuff. This baboon stood...
steamed towards the flamingos, grabbed them. Oh, it was it was awful. It was a massacre. And the voiceover's going, and the baboon has uh, steamed in... It didn't say steamed, does it? The baboon has uh, attacked the flamingos and is killing them. And here you can see the baboon ripping the head off of a flamingo. And I'm going to my wife, you sure you want the boy to see this? Are, are you sure he's old enough to deal with this? And uh, she says, yeah, he'll be fine. So the boy goes, what is the, ba- what is the baboon doing to the flamingo? And... Um, but what's the baboon doing to the flamingo? And my wife goes, oh, it's, it's, it's killing the flamingo. And the boy's starting to get upset. Why is the, uh, why is the baboon killing the flamingo? Oh, it's eating it. Why, why is the baboon killing the flamingo? And I said to my wife, maybe we should turn the channel over now. And we did. And do you know what was on? It wasn't, but it's going to be. Oh, dearie me. Justin. Hello, Ian. You like your sports. Even you can't like this elitist tosh, can you? It's not elitist, come on. Yes, it may be upper class. It may be. Oh, hello there. Welcome to Wimbledon, everybody. Come in for your strawberries and cream (laughs) and your champers. Justin trying to do a posh voice. He can't do a posh voice. (laughs) Even his posh voice sounds common. Oh, leave it. Do you know what, Ian? I went down to Wimbledon last year. I wasn't allowed in. I had to go and do an interview and it was fascinating. On the way down to London, there I was on the train. I thought, yeah. where am I? They were speaking a foreign language. They were talking posh. They were reading The Guardian. They were more suntan than me. It was an experience. You, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I wasn't listening to you at all. I, I've never heard this bit of the theme tune before. Here we go. In your time, my shorts. Wimbledon, it's Wimbledon, it's tennis for the tops. <laughs> it is really dull. What channel is Neighbours on tonight? <laughs> channel 5, Channel 5, they bought it a few years ago. Anyway, you've been out and about. <laughs> Sorry. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that, Justin. We should sing the Wimbledon theme more often. But Let's maybe, go. Th- maybe... I tell you what, this is a great idea. Let's go to the BBC and say, look, OK, yeah. we know it's a bit boring. We know the theme tune's been there for years. Why don't we put some vocals on there and just watch the audience come in? We can double the audience for this. <laughs> You're so old-fashioned. Let's go and put some vocals on there, guys. <laughs> uh, Justin, you have been speaking to people about the elitist sport of tennis today. What have they been saying? Yes, I've got an offer for you very soon. But So, yes, some clips coming up here. Ashley at the end certainly doesn't hold back. I've been asking people, is tennis just for toffs? Uh, no, I don't think it is at all. Um, everyone wants to play tennis when, when Wimbledon comes out. Even even the start of the summer, when the French opens around, makes everyone want to play tennis. It's the only reason, the only way we're going to get good at tennis is if more kids want to start playing at schools and stuff like that. It's not just a game for posh people, then, as far as you're concerned. No, not at all, not at all. Everyone can play tennis. I don't think I don't think it's for posh people at all. There's no reason why it would be. Well, here's Gemma. Gemma, you just come out of the gym. You are sweaty, aren't you? I am indeed. You have to five k. Five k. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Get your breath back. We'll ask you this question: Is tennis just for toffs? What do you think? Not at all, no. Um, I mean, my other half's going in a couple of weeks' time to watch it. He's not a toff by any stretch of the imagination. Wimbledon's, you know, obviously great for the British public, but I wouldn't say it's just for toffs. Everyone can go and enjoy it and watch. But when was the last time you played tennis? A couple of weeks ago, on holiday. That was on holiday. What about in the UK? Oh, God, probably when I was at school. So, uh, just finding the time. Ashley, tennis, is it just for toffs? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) 
You don't see many chavs like me go down to Wimbledon, do you? <laughs> I don't think you'd get let in. So when you watch it on TV, you think, oh, it's just for rich, when posh people. When I watch people. it on TV and I see the people in the, in like, um, the audience and that, I think they look a bit up their cells, yeah. But I don't know anyone who plays tennis. I, like, I don't know anyone that plays tennis. I don't know anyone that likes tennis in school or anything. The, the, the posh kids used to play it, yeah. <laughs> So when you were at school, uh, the posh kids played tennis, and you lot, the chavs, you didn't. Yeah, we was around the back end smoking a fag, weren't we? <laughs> Have you ever been around the back end smoking a fag, Justin? Uh, I couldn't possibly comment there. Oh, okay. Classy, Ashley, classy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those are the listeners of BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, well I can't complain. Uh, so it is, it is a very elitist, stuck-up sport, isn't it? I think it is quite upper class, put it that way. I think a lot of people that, that go to Wimbledon... Again, I can only comment here on what I've seen myself. The amount of people getting out of these taxis, it was yeah. like, wow. Um, the thing where is, are with, these with from? football... You can go and get a tennis ball, you get a ping-pong ball, you get a football, you can go and c- kick around anywhere. With tennis, you need, the, you need the right ball, you need the rackets, you need to go to an expensive club. It just costs a fortune. Here's my offer to you. Yes, Justin. This week, let's go and play tennis together. What do you reckon? Oh, I, I will totally... I mean, I will beat you at tennis, yes. You reckon? Oh, of course I will. It's easy. Come to my local club, Leverstock Green, in Hertfordshire. Let's play. Last week it was the tandem. This yeah. week I'm going to whip your backside when it comes to tennis. OK, well, let's see who's got the best grunt, shall we? Ugh. Here we go, I think we've got it. Excellent. Justin was doing the women's grunts, I was doing the men's. Okay, fine, I'll, I'll, th- 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 that's a deal, sir. Okay, let's do it, thanks, Ian. Ta-ta. There we go, it's, um, why have I said yes to that? Oh, that's stupid nonsense, that's going to be Nick Dealey playing tennis. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. The ambulance service that covers beds and hearts was discussed in Parliament this week. A recent external review found that weak leadership and a lack of focus had put patients at risk. The Conservative MP for Witham in Essex, Priti Patel, demands the resignation of five non-executive directors in a Commons debate. Well, I spoke to Neil Storey, the Executive Director of Operations at the East of England Ambulance Service NHS Trust. Thanks for coming on. Mrs Patel uh, accuses the board of a culture of incompetence. Do you accept that? Um, that was uh, a comment that came from um, the latest uh, report and review undertaken by uh, Dr Marsh recently uh, and submitted to, uh, to the organisation. Um, th- there's clearly issues that the organisation has highlighted and identified um, around its previous um, board uh, and those issues have been very open and declared by the organisation. Do you and, accept um, there's a culture report. of incompetence? Um, no, I don't accept there's a culture of incompetence of our current board, and we've got a newly appointed chair in Dr Jeff Harris and a newly appointed chief executive who, uh, who are helping the Trust move forward. In what way move forward, Neil? What, what's being done differently? Well, we've got a, a, a turnaround plan that we issued back in April, as, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, what's it, what's in this? It's, it's a fancy title. What's in this turnaround plan? Well, the turnaround plan does exactly what it says on the tin, really. It helps the organisation turn around from, from where it's been. It, it focuses on but, making sure we've got the operation on the front line, that we prioritise our, our response to patients, in particular things like improving our recruitment. So we've got a large-scale recruitment campaign on at the moment to recruit paramedics, emergency care assistants, to put more resources and ambulances out on the road to patients. It focuses on really four key themes, focusing on our staff and our people, um, reviewing the leadership of the organisation. It focuses on making sure that we can look after and train our staff and educate them properly um, and put the best service out to patients in the east of England. Why weren't you putting the best uh, service out previously? 
this refocuses the organisation, um, and I think there's been an issue of focus historically um, about making sure that we prioritise the right things and. Um, organisationally, that, that's a place where we are, are into now. But, but why weren't you that. putting out the, the best service previously? There's, there's a number of challenges with that. It's certainly an issue of level of resources. Um, from my perspective as the operations director, getting the right number of ambulances on, on the street to patients is absolutely essential. Um, and, and clearly with a big organisation, there are lots of things to focus on. But that, that resource level, those numbers of ambulances in the right place at the right time for patients is essential. So you're saying that the, the reason you weren't achieving, uh, weren't being as good as you possibly could have been in the past is purely resources, finances? It, it's certainly about a level of resources, you know, it's a big... It's not, down to, bad lead- it's not down to bad leadership, it's, it's not down to, to people being incompetent, it, it's purely down to resources. Is that what you're saying? Certainly looking forward, our, our, our main focus is well, on, no, let's, on let's that. Look back, let's look back at what went wrong. Are you saying that the reason you weren't delivering the, the best service you could, and there were failings in the service, is not because of leadership, not because of people, it was purely down to resources? No, that, that's not what I was saying. Uh, what, you know, I mean, it's been clear from our, our reviews that we've had and clear from the people that have come in to, um, to, to look at the organisation that there are a mix of issues. You know, we've been very well, open rec- about You've mentioned resources. You, you've mentioned resources. What, what, are the other, what, what were the other issues, Neil? Well, the things that we've addressed in our, our turnaround plan, so around leadership, as you've mentioned. So there was um, a problem with leadership? Absolutely, and that's been addressed. And, and as I say, we've got a newly appointed chief executive and chair of the organisation. And I think, you know, we can spend a lot of time looking backwards about why things went well, wrong. Well, we, we need to look happened, backwards, don't we, Neil? We, 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 do need, we do need to look backwards to learn from the mistakes, don't we? It's important to learn from the mistakes so that we don't repeat them moving forward, absolutely. But, but my priority, my focus, the focus of, of this board and this team is, is to look forward and to focus on the issues to improve this service and turn it around. But you can, only, you, can, you can only improve the service by, by looking at what went wrong, can't you? That, that's, that's the thing. The report did find uh, that, that weak leadership uh, and a lack of focus put patients' lives at risk. And, and that, as I said, already has been addressed and been How have you addressed it? A lack of focus put patients' lives at risk. Weak leadership put patients' lives at risk. The job of, the job of our, our new chief exec and our chair is to absolutely review the, the board membership and make sure that they're, they're comfortable, that they've got the right level of skills and capability to lead the trust forward at the board level. What's happening and with the five people who've been named? Are they going to keep their positions? That, that's not for me to comment on that. As I said, would earlier, you like I, them to keep their positions? Do you think they're, they're competent? It's not about whether I would like them to keep their positions well, or not. As I've mentioned, the, the, the chair... You're the, the executive the director of operations at the East of England, England Ambulance Service. Do you think those five people should keep their positions? As I said earlier, the, the, respo- the role of the, the chair, Jeff Harris, is to make sure that we've got the right skills on that board and it's for Jeff to determine whether or not those non-executives have got the skills and capabilities to move forward. And as I mentioned, you know, my, my job is to focus on the real issues of turning the organisation round. It is important to look back and learn from things. But so is Pretty Patel wrong in trying to call for not- these people to, to, to lose their positions? What's not helpful is, is, you know, how long do you dwell on the past before you move forward? Neil, and we're Neil, on moving Neil, forward. no, 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 I'm, I'm not buying that. It, it's very important to dwell on the past because people's lives have been put at risks. Uh, people's lives have been put at risk. So we have to dwell on the past, don't we? We have to learn from the past and we have to use that learning to make sure we can move is forward. Pretty that's Patel, absolutely what we're doing. Is Pretty Patel uh, wrong in asking for these people to uh, resign? It's entirely... Um, Bridget Patel's decision as to whether or not she. Well, what do you what do you think, Neil? I'm I'm confused as to why you won't let, give me your opinion on this. As as uh, in your position, you, why do you feel you can't give me 
your opinion on this? Because it, it's, not for my, it's not for me to make that decision or opinion. That decision is for the board to take, that decision is for the chair and the chief executive to make moving forward. That's why we've got a newly appointed chair. And that, that's the job I'm sure that Jeff will do. Jeff will do a fabulous job in leading this organisation forward. And my job isn't to focus on the exec and the board. My job is to focus on being part of that leadership team to take it forward and being able to focus on those key areas, as we've said. So, you know, we've already seen since April an improvement in all of our response time standards to patients across all of our calls. We've seen a reduction in our complaints. We've seen a reduction in serious incidents. You know, we've seen, you know, we've done this at the same time as, as continuing our paramedic education, uh, as maintaining our, our appraisals for our staff. You know, the, certainly the feedback that, and the feeling that I'm getting from staff out on the ground on, on my, my station visits and, and ride outs is that things are starting to improve. But clearly there's a long way to go still. Are, and, you, and are, you, hearing from, are you hearing from the staff on the ground that, that morale is improving? Very slowly but surely. Because we heard from, it's interesting you say that, we did hear from Unison today that you, yeah. you need to start with a clean slate. Uh, uh, staff morale was mentioned and we've been told it's very, very low. A yeah, clean I'll, slate could correct that, couldn't it? Uh, I'm not quite sure what you mean by a clean slate, but I mean the clean slate... By the five people who've been named stepping down. I think the, the key issues for staff morale are not about individuals in my view, it's about the organisation, it's about whether staff have got the appropriate education, training, But if, they, if vehicles, the people... Neil, I'm really sorry to press this. It really feels like you're skirting around the issue. If the people who are out there, who are dealing with the public, who, who are getting the flack for this uh, on the street, if their morale is low and they think that a clean sweep, that these five people who have been named need to step down, you need to listen to that, don't you, Neil? Absolutely, it's really important that the organisation would listen to that. So what's that's, your reaction to that, that then? That's, that's what they're saying. Well, you are the organisation, you, you claim to have listened to it. What's your reaction to what you've just been said? We've just been my, told. Reaction, my reaction is that that's not what the organisation's saying, so you've heard from an MP that, that's calling no, for no, that. No, 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 I've not heard that from an MP. Outside representative this morning. Yeah, I've heard from, I've heard from, uh, from uh, the East of England Ambulance Branch Secretary uh, in unison. So yeah, I've heard Correct. from someone who works with uh, the people on, uh, who are dealing with this, the frontline staff. You're uh, saying that he's wrong? No, not what I'm saying is that there's more than just um, one, one individual. You're, in saying that Gary Applin, you're saying that Gary Applin, who is a spokesperson for, for ambulance stuff, you're saying that he's wrong? I'm saying that Gary's entitled to his opinion. But it's not his opinion, it's the opinion of the people he represents, isn't it? So are you saying that Gary Applin from Unison is wrong? No, I'm saying that my experience from discuss, talking to our staff that I've spoken to recently is that their focus is on the key issue of the organisation, their focus is on whether or not they're getting their training. Certainly the focus from the discussions that I've had with people on station, their number one overriding issue isn't the five non-executive directors. Their overriding issues are the fact that we're, they're now getting their appraisals, they're now getting their training education, they can see a clinical career pathway for them being developed, they've got resources improving on the road, and, and the organisation is listening to them. We've got a number Vice of... Vice Chairman Paul Remington, projects. Caroline Bales, Phil Barlow, Anne Osborne, Margaret Stockham. They get money... And it would, it would seem they've not... They get money from the taxpayer. It would seem they've not been doing their job properly. Are you happy with that? All non-executives clearly get money from the taxpayer. Are you happy with them being paid for, for not doing their job properly? It's right that non-executive directors receive remuneration. And as I said before, it's the responsibility of the chair to decide whether or not those individuals have done their job properly. OK, we have to end it there. Thank you very much. Neil Story. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
turns out we have very, very little in common. <laughs> There's a surprise. I've bared myself to you, mm. and you have judged me. And when I asked if, you ju- if that judgment placed me higher or lower than previously, you said lower. Uh, and now you're giving me disdainful looks because I think tennis is a bore and a chore. Well, I'm not a sports fan, but I can't agree with you with your hostility to Wimbledon. I mean, Wimbledon is just wonderfully British. But you see, the only reason, the only thing you've given me that you like about Wimbledon mm. is the noise. Yes, What's... I like the noise. I don't, I'm not really interested in tennis. But if, yes, but if it happens to be on the TV and you hear, oh. you know, the, the sound of Wimbledon, there's something summary about it. I feel like cracking open the pims... And uh, and soaking up the rays when I hear the sound of Wimbledon. It's tedious. It's dull. What channel is Neighbours on? I don't know. But everything sw- switches channel. Oh, it's Channel Five now. They've bought that a couple of years ago. I had that told to me yesterday. But they just switch everything around. Really? Yes. Press your red button now to see what's happening on Court Thirty Seven. No. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take my red button out and throw it in the bin. I'm never going to press it again because of you, tennis. Put it in the kitchen sink. <laughs> I no, I will say this. I made. <laughs> Don't tell that story on okay. there, will you? I won't. <laughs> no, I will. Ye- this was a few. This was a few years ago. Okay, and gentlemen, will, the, the gentlemen will back me up on this. A few years ago, I lived in a flat where the toilet was a significant distance away. Oh no! The kitchen was right next door to the living room. If I was up at one o'clock in the morning having a cup of tea and um, I don't know, playing Xbox, watching a movie, reading a book, writing a dissertation on something, I don't know. Then to save time. <laughs> Instead, well, I don't think this is this bad. To save time, instead of going walking all the way down to the West Wing to go Everyone to the... else is going to judge you in the same way I did. I don't think they will. Really? Instead of going to the bathroom, mm. I would sometimes do a wee-wee in the kitchen sink. I would flush it away with... <laughs> Look at your team! <laughs> See, I judged him. It's that... disgusting, isn't it? You've gone Kelly down Betts. in my estimation. That's Kelly Betts judging me like that. Just, it must be bad. <laughs> exactly. she's filth. That, no. is dis- that is a disgusting thing to do. I would wash it away with warm water to disinfect the sink. <laughs> it's just a sink, for goodness sake. It's not like I was doing it in people's cups. <laughs> you are. Oh, that's awful. I have not done that for several months, I promise you. <laughs> and I've only done it in this building once. <laughs> if there, and if there were dishes in the sink, I would move them to one side. That is just, just over. Oh. Everyone, Bedsarts and Bucks oh. is judging you. Yeah, they are thinking, well, at last, someone who's speaking out for us. Someone who's saying what we've all been thinking. You won't find anyone else this morning who's done that. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. You won't find them. Look, you see... Look at the phone lines. No one's backing you up. People are just coming up with their fake names to use to phone up because people are scared of this this prejudice against us, us sink users. Did you at least put a little bit of disinfectant around after and give it a scrub? Oh, my word, you didn't. You just ran the hot tap. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Is it ever okay for men to share clothes? Women do it all the time, and I've always been jealous of that. Oh, I like that blouse. Can I wear it to Denise's party? Of course you can, Shirley. Here you go. Well, I like the shirt that Justin is wearing today. It's a nice shirt, Justin. It's a lovely shirt. You just mentioned five star there. Oh, reminiscing the 1980s. What a great decade. Yeah, it's a lovely mm-hmm. shirt, isn't it? It's lovely. Yes. Nice green khaki shirt, nice tight-fitted shirt, Italian. I and... don't think it suits you. I think it makes you look 
uh, like a 50-year-old has been, <laughs> whereas it would make me look like a 37-year-old yeah. soon-to-be. You want it bad, don't you? I do. I want you to give it to me. Mm. Hang on a second. Do you want me to give you the shirt or do you want me to lend you the shirt? Come well, on. Let's, let's, let's be correct on this. Come on. I, 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 I want to give these. <laughs> Right, you want it. You've been asking people, haven't you? Yeah, this is the big question of the day. Now, I said to you earlier on, I'm wearing this shirt today. Um, you quite like it. I've said, it's up to the people of Luton. Yes. So, I've been in Luton this morning. Uh, very interesting first answer coming up here. I've been asking people in Luton, is it ever acceptable for men to share clothes? This is what people had to say. No, man. Man is not to share clothes at all. The embarrassing, man. To go out and see you have on your friend clothes and your friend have it on the next day. Embarrassing, man. Um, yeah, if they're brothers or friends. I mean, Ian's not really a friend. Well, if someone asks, then I don't see a problem. Just as long as they don't take it without asking. I think he's going to steal it. That's my fear. Well, it's just a shirt. As long as it's not Prada or anything, then why this not? This is not just any shirt. Look at the shirt. Come on, score that shirt out of ten for me. I'll give it an 11. I like it. 11 out of 10? Yeah, I like it. Steam it. <laughs> Simon, do you like my shirt? Simon, do you like my shirt? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, the question is, is it ever acceptable for men to share clothes? You're a man yourself. Is it acceptable? Yeah, I think it's very yeah. acceptable, yeah. So what have you borrowed, then? Uh, underwear. Please, come on. Straight out, I borrowed underwear. From who? Uh, one of my friends. After a night out, I couldn't find my pants, so his were there. They'll do. I don't think it's acceptable because um, men, they're not all that clean like women. Because as women, we like changing clothes, buying clothes all the time, and... Um, when it comes to perfume and all that, we are very, very delicate in our way of... Are you saying out? I'm not clean? No, man, you're very lazy. Yes, provided they haven't worn them first. So if I take this home, wash it and then bring it back, you think it's perfectly acceptable? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why shouldn't you? Now, here we have a photograph of Ian, and obviously you're looking at me right now. Who do you think would look better in that shirt? You, definitely. He, he, he's No, it's too young for him, I think. <laughs> too young style. What? So. Your word's not mine. Absolutely. What a rude woman! Sorry, mate. <laughs> Just the people of Lucent. What, what can I say? Did you do your Jedi mind <laughs> trick when you asked someone a question? Uh, have a look at this shirt. You think it's too young for Ian Lee to wear, don't you? <laughs> no, I do. I promise you. But no, do you think you're an attractive guy? Ian, you are an attractive guy. Two questions for you here. Yes, you can borrow the shirt if you want to. Would you like it? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. And secondly... Actually, weird twist of fate here. I am actually going shopping today. I'm leaving early. I'm going at 10 o'clock. Uh-huh. Full-on shift yesterday, so I'm going shopping at 10. Uh-huh. Do you fancy it? Well, going shopping with you? Yeah. Does it get me out of the meeting at 10.30? Oh, yes. I'm totes in. <laughs> Stay there, Justin, because Thanks. Patrick Swan is on. Patrick Swan is a personal shopper, fashion and image consultant. Patrick, is it ever OK for men to, to share clothes? Well, I, I don't really think that it's a good idea. However, I have actually borrowed something myself. Whenever I got married, I borrowed a good friend's best uh, his tie. But I think that it's a sign of really you're liking what other people are wearing, and I think that's a positive sign that you're opening up your horizons. But I think really it's, it's, it's all down to personal hygiene as well. And I think many times when people borrow things... It's almost like renting. You almost don't take care of it the same as whenever you buy it. But women do, women share clothes all the time, Patrick. It doesn't seem fair that they can get away with it and we can't. Well, but many women that I speak to who do have people who share their clothes, they always complain to me, that's why they go shopping with me, is that really people don't take care of their clothes. Mm. So, so women don't take care of each other's clothes as well? That's correct. 
Well, this is why I never lend anybody DVDs or CDs, because I never get them back, or if I do, they're always scratched. So the same thing could be happening to clothes as well. Did you hear there, Patrick, there's a gentleman who borrowed his friend's pants. That, that's strictly off-limits, isn't it? Uh, I would not... I would, it's, it's, a, it's a hygiene issue. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. really is a hygiene issue. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I don't really think that anybody should be questioning somebody's hygiene. We, we heard in the, the, the package there, Patrick, that it's OK for brothers to do it. That, 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 I'm sure, is acceptable. What about close friends? I mean, Justin and I are starting. We're in the early days of a bromance. Is, is it OK if you're, you're close friends? Yes, I think so, because then, then there's a mutual respect, hopefully, going on. And I think that's something about friendship, that really it is respecting each other's personal property. Here's a question for you, you, you Patrick. Justin Dealey's got a very nice pair of shoes, uh, and uh, they got a hole in them quite quickly. So he went out and he bought exactly the same pair of shoes. Is that a bit weird? No, because I think if you, if, especially if it's a classic shape or a shape that really has, a, as I refer to many types of clothes, clothes that have a life, something that's really not going to go out of fashion in a season or two. I would say it has a slightly um, poncy shape to it. <laughs> Well, uh, there again, uh, that's where the personal shopper comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, hey, listen, Justin and I are going to go shopping this morning. Do you want to come out with us? I would love to. We don't yeah. have to pay you, do we? Yes, you do. Thanks very much, Patrick. <laughs> nice to talk to you, Patrick Swan there. The reason I mentioned the shoes, dear listener, is Justin has reckoned he can get an interesting bit of radio out uh, by the end of this week about his shoes. Justin, I think I've proved quite successfully that you can't. No, I think I will. Uh, by Friday, I guarantee you. There will be people listening right now who are just as sad as me yeah, that, that well. go out and buy the same pair of shoes because they like them. And in terms of shirts, somebody said to me once, that shirt you're wearing there, it will never go out of fashion because it's never been in fashion. Justin Dealey, thank you very much indeed. A wise, wise man once asked me why I allow Justin Dealey onto my radio show. I said it's a contractual obligation. Paul, last word of the day. Paul is in Milton Keynes. Oh, for goodness sakes, it's about this, is it? I was hoping we'd, we'd try and raise the stand a little bit before JVS and said we, we just were abandoning ship pretty much. Paul, weeing in Hello. the sink. Yeah, um, battling to the early 70s in the Shelley, mum and my brother, and the toilets were downstairs. So every morning we'd pee in the sink in the Shelley. While your mum was there... Oh, Mum used to pee in there as well. Oh, no! Paul! Oh, dear! What a classy woman your mother was, eh? <laughs> well, I... Th- <laughs> I remember the first time I ever did it was in halls of residence at university, and I, 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 I didn't like—I didn't enjoy the experience. It was a little sink in the room. That was fine, but you did. Do you do it now, Paul, or have you grown out of it? Oh no, I, I can't reach him in where I am now. Why? Have you shrunk? Or yeah. sink, the sinks got, got higher in, in the twenty-first century. Got higher. Okay, I didn't, I didn't get what you said there. And in many ways, I'm glad. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. You're listening to the Ian Lee podcast from BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm joined by Justin Dealey. Justin. Hi. I've no... I've noticed that um, this week's podcast and a, a lot of the other podcasts, they've been a lot... There's been a lot of you in there. Very Dealey yeah. heavy. Yeah. Why is that? Because I'm good. Yeah, it's not because of, uh, of that. Can, next week's podcast, can you just not be in it? Mm. Yeah, okay. Thanks you're very sure? Much. Yeah, I'm sure. Positive? Y- yeah, in fact, you're in it now, in this bit. Do you want my shirt or not? For goodness sakes. Let's, let's get on with the podcast. 
on FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Chancellor, George Osborne, announced as a part of the spending review this week that people will need to speak English to the same standard as a nine-year-old in order to claim the full amount of benefits. The MP for South West Bedfordshire, Andrew Salou, tweeted his support for the announcement but spelt the word learn wrong. So we got him on the show to ask about the policy. Andrew, why is this a good idea? Well, um, first of all, good morning. Thanks for having me on. I think most taxpayers who pay for the welfare system would think it, that it was absolutely right that if they're going to pay money towards um, looking after someone while they're out of work, that that person should be able to speak um, English because you need English in order to be able to find a job and, and get into work. The, the other aspect as well is I don't want there to be any closed shops, as it were, where the workforce just speaks a foreign language. And a couple of years ago, a lady from Leighton Buzzard uh, contacted me to complain about an advert in Leighton Buzzard for picker-packers on the minimum wage, and the requirement was you had to speak Polish. Well, that really made my blood boil, and I got the advert stopped, and I raised it, raised it in Parliament. But it is really, really important that all jobs are open to uh, people who, who speak English. I don't want any places of work, warehouses or factories or... Um, any place of work where um, English isn't uh, spoken. Well, of course, that, and that you know that that does make sense that you can't exclude people who don't speak English. But is it not a little bit unfair to say you have to speak English to um, claim your benefits? No, I think it's entirely fair and reasonable to say that you should be taking steps in order to help get you back to work to be able to speak English to an acceptable standard so you can understand what your boss is asking you to do, what your colleagues are asking you to do. I mean, how is it possible to find work and stay in work if you don't speak English? Well, I, mean, supposing I, you speak... I, mean, I mean, isn't this blindingly obvious? No, I, mean, I, no. I, I, I would suggest, Andrew, that it is possible. For example, if, if uh, you are a, a, a native Urdu or Hindi speaker, you don't speak English, you could still find work where your employer would speak Urdu or Hindi. Yeah, but how restrictive is that? I mean, that really is a route to ghettoisation. Is that well, no, really the sort of country that we want? No, it's not, you... is it? Because that, that, supposing, I'm generalising, supposing I'm an Indian gentleman, I own an Indian restaurant, I speak uh, Urdu, I could employ English speakers and I could employ people who only speak Urdu. Yeah, but what about when your customers come in? I mean, I'm sorry, I, I, well, if I they really work in, think... if they're working in the kitchen, it doesn't matter, does well, it? Well, yeah, but, you know, what about community cohesion? What about us being one country where we can all understand each well, other? Well, that's a, that's a different on? thing, I mean, isn't look, it? Look, I mean, this is, this is taxpayers, you know, um, paying money in order for people to find work. And I think it is reasonable that we should expect job seekers to take um, uh, proper steps in order to, to try and help them find work. And I, I'm sorry, but I really do think that um, speaking English to a basic standard or, or, or trying to learn to speak English um, should be a requirement for, for people to be for people to be paid in order to get their job seekers allowance. Andrew, you, you did give uh, the whole of the internet... I did. A bit, did. A bit I of know. a giggle I'm sorry. yesterday. Hands you... up. I believe in proper spelling. I left out an R. I was wrong. The I'm irony sorry. of tweeting about how people should be I... learning to uh... speak English. For those who missed it, you did tweet that uh, you strongly support the loss of benefits unless claimants lean English. I left out an R. I'm sorry. I should have checked it. Hands up. I got it wrong. I believe in correct spelling. I've raised the issue of spelling quite often, particularly schools who. Uh, uh, won't correct people's spelling. So I was very pleased that other people corrected me. I stand corrected. I believe in proper spelling. You deleted the tweet, Andrew. Why did you do that? Well, <laughs> I, 
I, I, I could, re- I, well, because it was incorrect. I mean, it, uh, you know, but um, I'm, I've come on your programme to talk about it now. I'm not resiling from the issue. No. I, I think it's an, an important issue um, because I want to be a nation where we all get on. We can all understand each other. Um, we're not living in separate worlds where we don't speak each other's languages. And I think that the broad mass of taxpayers who pay for the welfare system would think that was right and proper. And will you be having someone proofreading your tweets from now on, Andrew? I will take more care. I'm very sorry Good I lad. got it wrong. Andrew Salou, thank you very much indeed. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. That was the Best of Ian Lee podcast from BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't forget, you can listen to the whole show on Listen Again BBC iPlayer. In fact, you don't even need to listen to it. Just go and click it and turn it on. It, you know, all looks good on the figures. If you've downloaded this from a podcast service such as iTunes, nice comments will be greatly appreciated. We might even read some of them out on air. Or leave a nice five-star review. Don't forget, I'm on every weekday morning between six and nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Until next time, ta-ta! Thanks for listening to this free download from BBC Three Counties Radio, your local radio station for beds, hearts and bucks, on FM, AM, digital radio and online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. 